Welcome to another episode on the Unlocking Your Mind podcast. My name's Tom Morgan and I'll be bringing you an array of inspirational stories from people who have achieved amazing things. Each guest offers an interesting insight into the highs and lows they have faced along their path to success. There is definitely a lesson or two in each podcast and ways we can improve our own lives. I hope you enjoy. Now, my guest today is South African international rugby player Dylan Late. Dylan has represented the Western Force in Perth, the Stormers in South Africa, as well as his current club, La Rochelle, where he's currently based in France. As mentioned, Dylan is an international South African rugby player and has won 10 caps for his country. Dylan is probably one of the most exciting talents out there. All you need to do is type his name into YouTube and you'll understand what type of rugby player he is. This podcast was recorded six weeks ago where Dylan was waiting for the next available flight out of South Africa to join his new club in France. And during the conversation, we talked a lot about Dylan's career on and off the field. Dylan shared a really honest insight into what it takes to become a professional athlete and he alludes to the highs and lows he has faced. This conversation is honest, it's open and it's really inspiring and you certainly don't need to be a rugby supporter to enjoy this podcast. I hope you enjoy. Just before we delve into the podcast today, I just want to take a moment and thank today's sponsor. This episode is sponsored by The Rugby Trainer and he's actually a former guest on the podcast, Ben John. Ben was a former professional rugby player for the Ospreys and Dragons and he also represented Wales at age grade level. Ben unfortunately had to retire due to injury, but now he's doing fantastic things and his business, The Rugby Trainer, offers amateur, semi-professional and professional players great packages to improve their strength, conditioning and skill set. He has got a wealth of knowledge and I've actually tried a few workouts out itself and they are absolutely superb. For me, there's nothing quite like it out there at the moment in terms of rugby specific training. And also if you're an athlete looking to hone different skills and just develop your conditioning, I would definitely recommend giving Ben a shout because he is fantastic at what he does. He's got a wealth of knowledge and I really think a lot of people will benefit from this. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. It's amazing to have you on and uh, get you on, really. I've been following your journey for quite some time. So it's great to, you know, get you on. How have things been? Yeah, thanks for having me, Tom. Um, keen to, to see what the next couple of minutes holds for us, you know, where we're going to go with the chat and that sort of thing. But yeah, thanks for having me. Um, but obviously been a difficult situation with what's what's happening um in South Africa and around the world with a with a pandemic and, and what it's causing. But um, you know, um I can sort of say I've I've been doing all right. Um as as per usual, I think with anyone, you know, there's there's a couple of good days where you're sort of feeling motivated and strong and wanting to get out there and, and put in some work and then there's other days where yeah, you sort of feel that uh, sitting on the couch and catching up on some Netflix is probably the best <laughs> way out. <laughs> so what's it been like in South Africa then during this time? Um, yeah, it's it's been, well, we started, our lockdown started, I think, on the 27th of March. I think around about the 27th, 28th of March. And um, it was it was quite sort of, a, what I would say, severe lockdown situation where I suppose everywhere you were only allowed to leave your house if you were going to get groceries or essentials or you needed medical care and anything like that. 
Um, so for the first three weeks, um, it was strict, you know, no no movement whatsoever. Um, and then we got extended another three weeks, I think. So eventually we were six weeks of full-on, you know, lockdown, no minimal movement. Um, and then after a while, things started to, to look a bit better for us over here and we moved to a level four lockdown, which allowed us to uh, sort of move a bit more freely, uh, be able to train within a, I think it was a, a three to five kilometer radius of your house. Okay. So that uh, that was a bit better. You're only allowed to train certain hours in the morning and stuff like that. Um, but I think, you know, in, in general, it's been a really tough situation, especially for people in, in South Africa. You know, a lot of uh, people working, you know, from paycheck to paycheck, you yeah. know, so all of a sudden that got taken away. And, um, you know, it, it, it was really a difficult situation for, for people to to sort of get to grips with and make it through this time, you know. And, and even now, you know, we are within, I think it's almost 110 days. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the situation just isn't getting any better. And especially for us over here now, we're heading into winter. So, you know, people aren't working, which means that, you know, they're not necessarily providing meals or food at home. And, you know, so the living conditions are getting a bit tougher, especially as winter's getting towards us now, yeah. Yeah. And for you specifically, you've just, you're at the Stormers and now you've just signed for La Rochelle. So, what does that mean for you then? Are you able to go over to France soon? And we spoke about this before we started recording. Uh, yeah, yeah, we just spoke about this. And, and um, like I said, you know, for me, it's it's really difficult because, um, you know, luckily I, I'd signed before, well before the lockdown uh, started. So I sort of knew at the back of my mind that I was always leaving. But um, then lockdown came upon us and, you know, it, it just made things really difficult. Um, obviously, a lot of uncertainty then came about regarding the travel. And, you know, if I'm still going to be able to to join up with a team, um, you know, and, and the last sort of month or so, it's just been a really difficult time for me. Um, a, lot of, a lot of mornings I wake up and I think, oh, this could possibly be my last day in Cape Town in South <laughs> Africa. And then I make it to the weekend and then I'm thinking, oh, okay, this is going to be my last weekend. And then two weeks after that, I'm still here. But yeah, you know, obviously it's it's a difficult situation for me currently because um, I'm still stuck in South Africa and they started pre-season over in France or at La Rochelle. And, you know, I, I'm told today, I don't know when I'm going to be able to get a flight out uh, because there's there's been a... A, a spike in the in the number of positive cases um, over here again, which has meant that a lot of flights have been cancelled. Um, there's been sort of a repatriation flight for people working or studying um, abroad, and that sort of the, the flight only takes off once it's full. So, okay. I mean if there's, you know, 10 people trying to get to France, they're not going to sort of take fly across to Europe. So 
I think it, it also just depends on, you know, other people's needs and, and whether other people need to travel. So it's it's a really difficult situation for me, sort of a lot of anxious moments and a lot of uncertainty just creeps in. So it's it's pretty hard to get used to. Um, it's quite funny. I was saying to my mate yesterday that every time I see sort of friends or family, I'm I'm saying goodbye, and then like two days later they message me. They're like, "Oh, but we saw on your Instagram story you're still in Cape Town," and I'm like, "Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah." So man, I'm I'm just sort of trying to do what I can while I'm still at home and chatting to some of the boys over at La Rochelle. You know, they they sort of everyone's just saying, you know, when are you getting over here and you know, that's the hardest part. I, I really can't give an answer. It could be this weekend. It could be in two weeks' time, you know. So yeah. um, I think that the uncertainty is just really getting to me at the moment. Yeah, I can imagine. And um, how have you kind of managed with your training? Because like you said, you're not kind of with any team at the moment and you probably don't have much, like, gym equipment, like, from the gyms you've used. So how have you kind of uh, coped with that? So, yeah, so at the beginning, it was it was quite cool. Um, we were the... Were the with our high performance center, they let us, you know, grab some weights and a couple of dumbbells and barbells or whatever you might need. And um, so, sort of during the first three months, two, three months, I was, you know, doing home workouts, um, getting onto the socials and seeing someone else do a, a, a workout and sort of saying, okay, cool, I'll. I'll give that a go tomorrow, you know, so that was, that was really cool. And then I'll stay quite close to, to one of the um, high schools over here. And um, I've been able to, to use their, um, their fields to go and do some conditioning on. So I sort of still keep in touch with the, the Stormers SNC guy and um, he'll send me, you know, the running program that they, they doing on the day or whatever. And, and then I'll go out and do that on my own. Um, but in terms of gym, it's, it's gym work and, and weights and stuff like that. It's, it's quite difficult because I don't have anything at home to, to work with um, because I've had to give back the weights that I was using, like using the Stormers weights. So I obviously had oh, to okay. give that back to them. Um, and, you know, so it's a bit difficult in terms of that. But um, so I've just been doing some body weight work and, and stuff like that, seeing sort of what, what I can use around the house. Um, because obviously, it's, I know I've still got to do my part, you know, even though, you know, I'm, I'm not sort of training with a team now, um, when hopefully I'll soon I'll be able to get to, to La Rochelle and I'll, I've got to probably slot into to, to pre-season straight away. <clears throat> Sorry. So, yeah, I think... What, what I'm mainly focusing on now is just trying to keep up my conditioning because I suppose with, with any preseason, um, there's going to be quite a bit of running. And the the legs have got to <laughs> got to get used to that. So yeah, I'm just I'm just mainly focusing on that now. I think you know from a strength perspective, you know I, I can obviously do what I can and and you know hopefully pick it up once I once I'm able to get over there and, and use the gym again. Yeah, hundred percent. And how was because you said at the start, you always kind of knew in the back of your mind you were leaving this season. How are you feeling with knowing that that was your last season for now, possibly with the Stormers? You know, you're real contenders for the Super Rugby and having it cut the way it was. Yeah. Like, what are your thoughts and feelings with that? Yeah, there was, you know, I, I, I purposefully kept it, 
you know, very under wraps. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, some of my good mates in the team, you know, and I, and I said to them, I don't want to make it sort of about me as a as a fair wild type of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I want to carry on like playing and giving my all for this team like I've been doing in all the other seasons before. So I think all I did was try and keep producing, you know, good performances, whether it's in training, you know, pushing guys around me. You know, like you said, we 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 were quite lucky in the fact that we managed to keep a lot of our, our Springbok World Cup winning squad. You know, a lot of guys had, had offers from overseas and, and to to be fair, like probably so so good that it was hard to 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 say no to. So you know, mm-hmm. big ups to 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 the union and I suppose a t- the team as well that the guys decided you know to stay on at the Stormers. So I think at the start of the season, you know, we we really knew we had a shot that going all the way, and that's that's you know that's how I felt and that's how everyone else felt. So you know, for me personally, knowing that I was going to leave. I knew that it was going to be my last shot at, at getting a Super Rugby title. Yeah. So man, I, like we 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 had such a nice vibe in the team. You know, the guys, everyone knew, and I think there was just just that sense of belief and and sort of you don't have to say it, but you know it when when you're looking at the guy on the training field, like you know he's he's putting in his best to to get max result and max you know max effort out. So that you know, it's, it's, it was sort of just that common feeling that we knew like we can do something special here, and um, you know, our management sort of gave us the platform to say, listen, this is your season. You know, like we, at the end of the day, we select the team, and you know, we maybe call the shots here and there, but at the end of the day, this is your season, and you know, having it, having we, I think we're four from six, you know, and we we were really disappointed that the season got cut short. I think, like I said, we we believed that we could go all the way, and especially for me, um, just that feeling of 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 never knowing, you know. I think mm. that that sort of gets at me the most because I would like to think whether you know we lost in a semi or whatever I, I would love to think that we would have been there and thereabouts come yeah. our games you know so personally obviously not having been able to, to have that farewell game or play at Newlands one last time that's obviously a bit disappointing and, and, and heartbreaking but just the fact that I think for the first time in a while we sort of had that I'd say like a swagger about us, like a confident swagger about us yeah. in training, knowing that, like you know, this this could possibly be our year, and then having it cut short was was obviously a bit disappointing. Yeah. What's the culture like in in that Stormers environment? Because like you said, watching this year, it was just it was almost like you were playing with just this flair and autonomy in your own game. So what is it like? Yeah. Do, you, do you just kind of are you given that, like I said, the autonomy just to play and do what you do that 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 was it i think you know in, in previous years we sort of we, you would come at the beginning of a season and 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 they'd always they'd be the message like you know 
like I said, the coaches would say, this is your year, you know, this is your platform, you guys are the players, this is the leadership group and you run the team. And then we'd have one or two bad results and then, you know, that gets taken away from you and all of a sudden the players sort of lose the faith in you as a leadership group and then as coaches because, yeah, we haven't had two good results on the bounce, but that doesn't mean we need to change things up now. Like, mm-hmm. It's maybe tweak, tweak something here or there, but doesn't mean we have to over, overhaul the whole system, you know? So I think coming into this season, like I said, having that, that, that so many World Cup winners in the squad, um, the addition of Jamie Roberts, yeah. world class, <laughs> you know, so we were pretty confident and, and, and the coaches said to us, you know, we've got guys in key positions that have been around the block. And if we can't put our trust in these guys to run the team the way that, you know, they want as management and as players, then we're sort of not gonna not gonna get the results we want. And I think right from the outset, everything was player driven. Um, you know, whether it's the way we train, what we're doing off the field, you know, certain things like that. Um, we we came up with, with a theme for our campaign um, to get Cape Town smiling. And it, it was just about, you know, being good people off yeah. the field draws people to want to know more about you and want to come watch you play at Newlands. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was our whole, our whole mission or our whole objective for the year, you know, because rugby around the world you're not drawing too many people to the stadiums anymore i mean i, I was watching um the springboks and the and the british and ice line series of 2009 it was a british and ice line series obviously so it's massive but the crowds that were pouring into the stadiums was insane like mm, i don't yeah. think we've ever seen crowds like that again in south africa so our plan, our, our objective as a team was to get Cape Town smiling by the way we play rugby, you know, scoring tries, doing an offload here or a miracle pass here and there, you know, playing the type of rugby that the people of Cape Town enjoy and the people of South Africa would love to watch. Yeah. So that that was all on us, you know, and I think that that's what the people of Cape Town love to see. So we wanted to bring that. And that's why the management sort of, they let, they let certain things, I wouldn't say they, or they, they let certain things slide probably, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. just because we as players knew what, what we try to do and we went with it, you know, 100%. Um, whether Sia was, was coming down hard on us and then, Damien Willem, so who was our ten, would 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 not overrule Sia, but say, hey, listen, like, I think this is going to work better. Like, let's do this. And I mean, the guy's a World Cup winning captain, and he doesn't sort of demand respect. He just he he just says like, okay, he's humble enough to know that I'm the leader, but I also there's other guys who might know a bit better, and he'll say, listen, Damien, cool, let's. Let's go with your plan. Let's do this. And I think in that way, we became sort of honest 
and also humble enough to to say that okay someone else has gotten a better idea that i have and i think that that really defined we were on the field as a group of players as well yeah um going back to what you said about you wanted to build a campaign that you made cape town smile again and bring crowds back yeah. how was the springboks winning the world cup has that has that created a positive effect as well massive massive man um Tom, let me tell you that like Cape Town is an amazing place to be when you're winning rugby games. <laughs> like you, you get treated like royalty. I promise you. Like, <laughs> and you go, you win a game on a Saturday, and then go have lunch with your missus on a Sunday at, at a nice restaurant or whatever. And one or two people notice you, and then you know it's it's oh like well done whatever you know yeah. you guys are heroes you know <laughs> but yeah get, getting back to your point about the Springboks like they came into our preseason with so much confidence yeah. and you know it helped everyone around sort of just basically jump onto that bandwagon like like you guys have done something special now let's do something special together as a Stormers group as well you know, um, I, I, I just remember the story. It's quite funny. Like, we went on, on pre-season camp and um, we took a bus to the, the garden route uh, from the Eisner Wilderness area, which is about four and a half hours um, out of Cape Town. And we stopped off at um, the garage. They, they allowed us to, to sort of go in, get, get snacks just before we hit the long road. And um, everyone was joking with Sia, saying, Sia, please don't get off the bus because, like, we we want to be able to leave within the next 15 minutes. <laughs> and he's like, okay, cool, no, no, I won't get off. And, um, man, before you knew it, he, he tried to go to the bathroom and, like, that pl- that whole place was just, like, crazy. <laughs> people, like, the cashiers, like, just left. Like, people were queuing <laughs> to pay and stuff. The cashiers just left. Everyone was writing to him. You know, and, and that sort of energy they brought to the group was, was massive. I mean, people literally w- w- were coming to Newlands just to, to see them in action. And, you know, and I think yeah. as a group, we took so much, you know, energy from that as well. Just, you know, that, that so many people are coming out to, to watch these guys and to watch us play, you know. Yeah. So I think that's why we took so much ownership of the fact that you know we've got to give them give them something back in return for for their efforts but yeah so just like the energy they brought from winning that world cup and into our stormers squad was massive yeah from your time at the stormers then do you think you have a favorite memory oh um it's tough it's really tough I've been here for quite a while, so I think there's always like the the, the tours. Um, yeah. When when we're going to Australia and New Zealand, so in Australia for two weeks and New Zealand for another two, um, it gets quite tough when you maybe north from three and that sort of thing. But <laughs> but you still you still have a lot of fun on tours. But I think for me. Um, my Super Rugby debut will always be right up there. Yeah. Um, 
and it was against the Bulls as well. And I managed to score a try as well. So it was, it will always be a special memory for me. Um, and then I think just, you know, certain games probably, I think last year, especially the game against the Crusaders, um, I think that was the one game where we got close to a, close to a, a sold out stadium. Um, Crusaders, like I don't know if you know, but like Crusaders are probably the most like loved team in Cape Town. Are they? Not even the Stormers. In Cape Town. Yeah. Like, <laughs> in Cape, people are crazy for the Crusaders. Like actually, any Kiwi team that comes here. Um, like people just go crazy for the Kiwis. Really? Um, Why is that? And it's 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 just it's it's got to do with with the history of the country. Yeah. So like with apartheid and and um how that how the country was set up back then, you yeah. know how pe- people of color weren't allowed to play for the Springboks and and stuff like that. So the next team to support was New Zealand and the All Blacks. So. It, it sort of just carried on from generation to generation. And yeah. it, like, I've got like some of my mates who, who will like drive to Cape to town, like to go and watch the Crusaders train at, at a school or, you know, at a club venue or anything like that. It's, it's, it's crazy, but yeah. So, so like the Stormers Crusaders game last year was just that, 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 energy the crowd had like you know you you're on the field but you're sort of just thinking like shit this is this is quite amazing yeah um and then there's the chiefs game in 2017 which was unreal game to be involved in um we just lost to them yeah on the pass (laughs) (laughs) um and we just lost to them i think it was 64 21 the previous year in a quarter final got smashed like man we were just chasing chasing shadows that day um and then to be involved in that game and then absolutely outplay them outclass them was 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 something special yeah so i think there's there's a lot of good memories but i think it's it's more probably certain games um in my time at the stormers yeah 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 and just to kind of digress a little bit really um where did your rugby journey begin was it at bishops college where you where you first attended uh no so for me it was a long time ago so my, my dad played played rugby but never mm-hmm. at a he was just playing you know club rugby and uh, I, I must have been like five six years old you know and i was running next to the field you know like the ball boy you know, just just wanted to be close to the action because, for me, you know, th- those were sort of my heroes growing up. You know, the guys playing in the first team club rugby side. You know, I, I, all I wanted to do is is be amongst them and be yeah. as close to them as I possibly can. You know, so I started playing rugby when I was about yeah seven years old. Um, just just took to it, just loved it. I think it was more the fact that. I could be doing something with my mates that I yeah. that I'm enjoying, you know, um, and that that's just how I've always seen the game, and and especially being at Bishops, where the most important thing is is not is not winning games, but playing good, attractive rugby and enjoying 
being out there with your mates for 80 minutes, you know, doing something that, that you actually love. Yeah. And I think that that's where I sort of took, took on, like, that's how I wanted to play rugby and that's how I want to sort of display um, my talent in, in a way, you know, that, that I love what I do and I enjoy myself, you know, whether I'm winning yeah. or losing, you know, I, I just want to make sure that I'm, that I'm having fun. And, and sometimes it, it gets a bit difficult, but that's it, you know. Bishops was, for me personally, probably the best decision I could have made because it, it, it gave me that opportunity to, to play rugby against a lot of good, good rugby schools in and around Cape Town and yeah. South Africa. So I sort of knew in my final year sort of that this could be something I potentially you know, might want to do. Um, I never played representative sides. Um, you know, and it was it was just during my final year, sort of, I was enjoying the rugby, you know. Um, we we don't really, I think besides uh, Tim Sweel, who, who had a, a stint at Harlequins and, and at Newcastle, we didn't really have any, any guys who were sort of well-known in and amongst, you know, the Cape Town schoolboy or South African schoolboy uh, level. So we were just, you know, a bunch of guys just going out weekend, weekend after weekend, just playing rugby and enjoying it and, yeah. and getting good results as well. You know, and then opportunity came up, went to the Western Province uh, Institute in Stellenbosch, uh, spent a year there, didn't have a contract or anything like that, was just going, hopefully try try and make, the best out of the situation, you know, something might come of it. Mm. Um, that two, 2011 went past and then spent two years playing varsity cup for University of Cape Town in 2012 and 2013. And then um, again, didn't get a contract at Western Province and then had the opportunity to go with um, Kevin Foote to uh, Western Force and sort of, you know, just took the, 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 the opportunity, went with it, you know, yeah. things weren't really working out for me over here. So I thought, you know, why not change things up and see how that goes? And, you know, that was a, a great time for me. You know, it was, it was probably the decision that changed the way things would work for me ultimately. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was in a locker room with, with, Wallabies and, and Kiwi players, and you know it was it was just great to as a youngster sit there. Then I think I only played three games, but just being around that guys and being in that environment week yeah. week in week out, you know, just listening to them, learning from from some of the guys over there, you know, and it also helped me mature quicker in a way. I think on the field and off the field. Being in a different country at 21, you know, away from all your mates and your, your friends and, and, and family and that sort of thing, mm. it sort of pushes you to, to get out there and, and, and make decisions on your own and, and sort of grow up a little bit quicker. Yeah. And then, yeah, Western Province and the Stormers came calling and ended up coming back here in, in 2014 and I've been here ever since, you know, so... 
it's just been I think so 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 great for me how things worked out. I think I don't think I would have wanted it any other way, you know. Yeah. I think there are guys who 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 are at seventeen, eighteen and they already talked about as the next Springbok star, you know, and then I just feel like especially in South Africa, you know, schoolboy rugby is a big deal. Mm. So you know, guys at like I said, at seventeen, eighteen are being tipped as the next big springbok and then from eighteen years old you just have so many eyes on you, so much pressure put on you and I think you then don't end up enjoying it as much. And I think I've seen on so many occasions where guys were way more talented than me, much better rugby players, but because of that and because they were so known at a young age and so so many eyes on them and, and people just extra added pressure on them to get results week in and week out, you know, I think it just sort of took a toll and, and guys then don't end up making it, don't end up wow. playing even for the Stormers or Western Province for that matter, you know, so... Yeah. I think being at Bishops and just learning to just enjoy the game, I think for me personally, that's something that I've taken on into my career until today. You know, if I if I get dropped or if I don't make a team, you know, it's the end of the world for me. Yeah. I think what's important then is finding out, hopefully get get given valid enough reasons why I didn't make that side or why I got dropped and then, you know, work from that. But yeah, I think that that's just sort of how I go about things. Do you think that's your biggest advice then for handling pressure is just kind of strip it all back and remember why you play the game and just enjoy it for what it is? 100% because you know, at at a stage early on in my career when I when I was sort of playing at, at UCT, playing varsity cup, you know, I obviously I wanted to get a professional contract. Mm. So I knew that or to me, I was thinking I've got to play the perfect game every time I run onto that field, you know. Right. That's the yeah. only way that's the only way people are gonna see me. It's the only way I'm gonna get obviously get recognized and then hopefully get a contract offered and then I'm secured, you know, for whatever yeah. too. And then, you know, if I make a mistake during the game, all I'm thinking about is that mistake. So then like the next 10 minutes, 15 minutes would fly by. I've touched the ball maybe twice, but I'm still sort of worried about that mistake. Okay. Instead of just letting yeah. go. So, you know, I, I was putting so much pressure on myself to play a really good game, but I actually just forgot about like like you said, why I started playing it and why I enjoy it so much, you know? And um then sat down with with um uh, you know a sports psychologist and and um who happened to be also you know a, a, a good friend and he just said, you know, you you sometimes just gotta smile more. <laughs> like it might sound a bit but like and I and I found myself just not laughing off a mistake, but like just thinking, oh, that was rather stupid. And and it, it got yeah. sort of to a point where I'm, I got over it so quickly. Yeah. And then not not trying really hard to fix that mistake, but just getting myself in, in better positions to 
add more value in our attack or make better decisions on D and, and stuff like that, you know? So I think once I got that flow of, of not putting so much pressure on myself and actually enjoying the occasion, enjoying the, enjoying the moment, I think I started to get better results yeah. out, of, out of the way I was performing, yeah. Do you think from learning those key lessons then, that helped you to then go on to, you know, play for the Springboks? Because you've got, you've, you've got 10 international caps to your name. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, in 2016, I did my ACL. And um, I, thought, I thought like, okay, that's it, cool should probably start looking into something else now, you know, because it's pretty, pretty damn serious injury. Yeah. And, um, now got, eventually got back to doing rehab and, um, getting the knee fixed and sort of trying to run again. And so when the 2017 season came, I hadn't played rugby. I wasn't involved with the team for 10 months. So, Wow. And r- rugby is the type of game, you know, if if you're not playing, someone else is coming in and, and mm-hmm. he's going to probably do a better job than you, you know. And I was I was just, at that stage, I was just thinking, man, like, I don't, I don't want someone else to even get the idea that they could, they could potentially do the job better than I can, you know. I, yeah. I still want to be out there. I still want to be the number one pick. So in saying that, I came into that 2017 season just like, listen, I've had 10 months away from the game, 10 months away from, you know, the the thing I probably enjoy the most, like training with your mates, having a laugh, going out on the field, playing 80 minutes of rugby, getting back into the training room, having a beer, whatever. Like for 10 months, I didn't have that. So at the start of the 2017 season, I just said to myself, you know, whether I play five games this year or whether I start the first game and have a shocker and don't play for the rest of the season, I just want to enjoy like the next little while that I'm involved with the team again, like being back with the boys, you know? Yeah. And like had a good preseason. First game came around with the Bulls at Newlands, like North-South Derby. Like it, it honestly felt like my debut again. I was so nervous. It's just like, man, like... Just, just coming back now from an ACL injury. I hope like nothing happens, you know, sort of. Yeah, of course. Bit, thinking, thinking like, oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait to be out there. But there was nerves, and it was just like mixed emotions. 80 minutes flew by. Ended up winning the game, and like the rest of the season, like all I wanted to do was play rugby. Like guys were, guys were getting like irritated with me at like training, coming in, and like I'm always just like. Buzzed. I'm always, you know, <laughs> oh, another dad training, like, let's go, boys. You know, so I think there was, I didn't put any pressure on myself to try and get, you know, get to a certain stage or try and play for the Springboks or anything like that. And then the next minute, halfway through the year, I get invited to a Springbok camp and I'm thinking to myself, oh, geez, okay. Like, shock, but obviously really cool because. Yeah. As a young kid in, in this country, like, you play rugby and you dream of, of one day wearing the green and gold and representing the Springboks, you know? So, and I was, they announced the squad and for the, for the June series against France, 
and I heard my name. Like, I just didn't expect it. And I heard my name, yeah. and I was sort of taken aback. And I was like, like, unreal. I called my parents, was so happy about it, you know? Yeah. And even like going into that series, I was just like, I'm here, like, I'm sort of in the mix with the Springboks, you know? Just want to like learn from these guys, be, be amongst these guys who have, for the last couple of years, been watching on TV, you know, and now you're sitting in meetings with them and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, that that was like really su- such a special moment, right? But it, I think it all just came down to me actually just thinking like, you know, just getting back into the game after almost a year of absence and just not putting any pressure on myself. Yeah. Just going out there and having fun, yeah. That's just amazing. Do you think then your debut against France, that was your proudest sporting moment or was there something else? 100%. Yeah. Um, Man, I was, yeah, I was on the bench and um, sitting next to Franz Stein and he's played geez, a good couple of test matches, World Cup winner. And I was so nervous and he was sitting on the bench like making jokes and whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, surely this isn't like, you know, what, what should be happening? Because I'm so nervous. I can hardly get words out to speak to him. <laughs> but like, I said to, and I said to him after the game actually as well, like it calmed me down so much as well. Yeah. Because all of a sudden I wasn't sort of playing the game in my head, like, you know, oh hopefully gonna go on sixty five minutes, you know, get fifteen minutes, get a couple of touches here and there. Yeah. I just need to remember to do this, do that. Like I wasn't even thinking of that. And it was, it's it's just so weird how, how that worked out. But man, for sure, like running onto that field that they had locked us, you know family up in the up in the stands watching it it's by far the, the my proudest sporting sporting moment in my career yeah amazing what's that what was that environment like then going into the springbok side man for the first couple of days let me tell you i was i was quiet i was just sort of <laughs> like nodding my head you know there, there were big big time rugby players around me and I'm sort of just taken aback by it all but afterwards you realise at the end of the day that these guys are just out here trying to do the same thing you are you know they're just playing rugby and you know enjoying themselves while they're doing it you know and and you're lucky enough that you are now at the the highest possible level so you know things things do get a little bit intense Um, you know training sessions are are surprisingly some some days chill, but then others so so intense as well. But they were just being around those guys was for me at at, at that time. I was just sort of thinking, man, this is this is unreal. This is you know this is what you dream of. Yeah. Um, you know, sitting and, and and having a coffee, you know, with with guys and just chatting about anything but rugby, and then actually realizing these are normal guys as well. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And so so that for me was, was was something like very very comforting knowing that yeah, they're big time rugby players and serious guys, but actually away from the game, you, you can sit down and have a proper conversation about whatever that, that might be. Mm. So being being in that environment, I was just thinking to myself, like, this is probably 
at, at that time, that's probably my biggest lesson that I took away from, from being in that environment, you know, that it's not got to be rugby all the time. Yeah. Do you, so for your future goals then, is, is that one of them that you want to kind of get back into that Springbok side? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think I'll, I was, um, you know, obviously with the World Cup last year, I was sort of in the mix and in the squad here and there, thereabout. And to, to be fair, though, I wasn't really playing re- relatively good rugby. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just to to be there, uh, sort of in the in the match day squads leading up to the World Cup, I sort of thought to myself, you know, a good couple of performances could get me back into to the mix and hopefully on on the flight to Japan. But obviously ended up not making that squad. But I think especially with the Lions series around the corner, yeah, you know, in in a rugby player's career, you'd love to be a part of something like that. Um, so for me personally, you know, going going to La Rochelle now and obviously having a chat to to the management over there, you know, they know what I still want to achieve in the game, and and you know, thankfully they've also said, you know, it's not just about coming to France and then sort of playing a couple of games here, taking a trip over there, you know, it's you're not going to chill out, you know, I, I, they want to push me to get the best out of my playing abilities for the club and yeah. hopefully then that allows me to go on to higher honours and, and, and be able to represent the Springboks again and especially in that Lions series you know which is obviously something so so amazing and something we touched on a bit earlier so yeah. definitely still the, the dream is still there and, and still alive 100% Has it motivated you even more narrowly missing out on the World Cup squad to you know really get back in there and try and get on to uh, the side for the, the Lions tour? Yeah, definitely. And um, I think that that's also, you know, why I was a bit disappointed that, that the season got cut short, you yeah. know. Uh, there was there's some great talent in, in this country. So, you know, you, you always you, you can always think to yourself that you're there and there about, but you know it's 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 something that that I sort of thought to myself, you know, I wanna not go out and prove people wrong, but just prove to myself that I'm all, I'm 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 definitely still good enough to to be considered in the yeah. in the, in the Springbok setup, you know. So I think you now on a personal front, I was I was very disappointed things got cut short, and now obviously it's just up to me, hopefully stringing good performances together, yeah. being consistent over in France, you know. It's it's going to be a little bit more difficult because you're not. Sort of in the public eye in in the country every, every Saturday afternoon or, or whatever the case may be. But yes. if I can can go out or go over over to France and still be putting in good performances, still get people talking, you know, you, you mm. never know what 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 might happen. Exactly. So, what do you think are the biggest lessons you've learned in your career so far? Oof. Um, and I think for me personally, I think I've, I've talk, obviously talked a lot about enjoyment. Yeah. And, you know, I just think I, I can go on about this topic forever, but I just think that kids, like youngsters these days, are being coached to win and, and, and not to enjoy the game. So 100%. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, I think for me, 
my biggest lesson is, 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 is enjoyment. I think that's something that I push, you know, all the time. You can obviously not always have a good game, but, you know, just try and take lessons out of that, that situation, whatever it might be. And then also something that I've sort of taken on quite, quite strongly over the last couple of years is just being more than just a rugby player, you know, and especially in, during this, this pandemic, you know, rugby players for maybe up, up until the last month or so were not relevant. Um, so, you know, what were you doing with your time sort of in this pandemic where you weren't on screens every weekend, you weren't in the media week in, week out talking about selections or you weren't having putting in man of the match performances, getting people talking about, you know, so I, I think it sort of actually gave any professional athlete the an, a sort of glimpse at what you could potentially be doing post post your 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 sporting career, you know. So yeah. I think, and and it's something that I talk with 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 my mates about quite often, you know, just being more than a rugby player. Um, for now, this is obviously your main thing, and and you got to put put your energy your energy and your focus into that. But I think if you can come out throughout your career and at the end come out with things in place, you know, to make that transition a bit smoother, I think, you know, that's that's something that I would personally advise, you know, the the, the younger players to, to start that on as early as possible. I agree. And that's a really interesting topic that you mentioned because I think a lot of people, and I think myself included, they kind of, if they have a job or something that they're immersed in, they tend to use that as their own identity. So then when you've had like this pandemic, like we've just had, and you've kind of have that time on your own, you really question, well, who am I without that? Because it just becomes a part of your identity. So I I completely understand where you're coming from. And like you said, I think what, you know, the advice that you've said is, it's great to be a rugby player. It's great to do these other things, but you've also got to have things in place because you get the best out of yourself then. 100%. And I think, yeah, you know, like you said, like you have, rugby is, 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 is that platform, you know, you, you 100%, you're fully immersed in that. But within, within this game, there's so many opportunities to, to explore, you know. I mean, uh, like I'm sure the same thing happens at, at other clubs as well, but for us at the Stormers, you know, we go to functions and you sit there and you're just like, oh, I can't wait for this to be over. But like, as as you sort of get older and and and, and uh, I'm scared to say a little bit wiser, <laughs> you 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 sort of realise that these are the perfect opportunities to to put yourself out there, go and engage with people. You know, it's it's I think people sort of get the, 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 the idea that you're a rugby player, so all you need to talk about is rugby, you know? Yeah. And that's that's not the case. You know, I think if 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 that is the case then your mates are probably gonna run out of things to talk to you about pretty soon. So it's just I, I think just over the last couple of years I've I've just sort of taken that on and and sort of just ran with it, you know, going going to functions, 
opening up, chatting to people, asking them, you know, about their business, whatever. Because you never know, you know, at the end of the day, what what might come of of of, of um, the network you create in 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 this um, platform that that rugby has given us, you know. Exactly. And what is something that you like doing to switch off from rugby? So I've I've been studying doing a digital marketing course. Oh, amazing! Um, and yeah, and I'm actually at the end of July. Yeah, starting a um, brand management course as well. So that's something that I quite enjoy. Uh, yeah. Advertising in a whole. Um, so it's something I take take an interest to. Uh, I, I, it's weird, like. <laughs> I, I was saying to to my missus the other day, like my Instagram, the people that I, I've started to now follow on Instagram are just sort of digital creators and like advertising. Like I'm, I'm weird. Like I'm starting to follow like the editors of Vogue and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, because I think it's just it's just where my head is at at the moment. I think yeah. if I'm if I'm sort of getting that information in front of me, you know, if I'm if I'm spending however amount of time on on, on social media and, and that's the information I'm constantly getting, I'm going to be thinking about that as well and thinking about you yeah. know, because because it's seriously something I want to be involved in and want to be doing. So I'm, you know, if I'm getting ideas and interacting with people, you know about these sort of things you know then it, it could only put me in, in good stead for whenever the time comes that i decide you know I've, I've put my body through enough for 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 now and and you know hopefully make that change into into that world so you know it's it's something that i'm very interested in and something i would obviously love to do post rugby and um, you know like i said i've got a, a close group of mates and and we always talk about these things, you know. So we, we've been, especially now during during the the pandemic, where you know, that's sort of been the way to go. You know, you you're not. I think it's it's everyone spending a lot of time on their on their phones nowadays. Yeah. So we've been finding ways how you how you can incorporate whatever you're doing into that. You know, to get people onto your sort of know your your brand or your the way you want to do things you know so it's 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 a very interesting topic and something i enjoy talking about so yeah that's definitely something i i would love to be doing post post rugby i think that's you know a really important note because although you are a professional rugby player i've also spoken to other athletes who have just immerse themselves in their career and they haven't got another qualification on the side but it's really important i think um and it's becoming a bit more of an important topic recently that you have to get almost a topic or a trade or something other forms of training behind you for yeah. a side because it's great to have a purpose other than your primary goal isn't it 100 percent, and i think it also just it, i think mentally just freshens you up as well yeah um because like i mean i i've I've figured sort of during the days where where I was busy with my digital marketing course, I would come home from training and and you know I was like let's say for 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 instance like i I had a bad day of training, then I'd come home, take a nap, and then want to start 
working on my course and, 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 and going through my notes and that, but I'm not sort of too, I'm not focusing here because I'm still sort of thinking of the game and then yeah. or thinking of training. So it just sometimes just allows me to forget about that and be like, oh, I've got to, you know, focus yeah. on this. And it's like, like you said, if, if you become too immersed into just playing rugby and just, you know, wanting to like the, the be all and end all, you know, you're never going to have that mental switch off, which is so important. That then leads me on to my last question. So what is one piece of advice that you would give to somebody? Um, they can be an aspiring athlete um, or, you know, in university and looking to start out in their career. What's one piece of advice that you'd give to somebody? One piece of advice? Um, then I think it would be, you know, like, like I'll probably going on about throughout this, yeah. this chat you know it's, it's about enjoying what you're doing yeah i think if you if you've got a passion for something that's that's basic that's half the job done you know you, you you're not gonna want to stop being involved in it or stop doing it you know so i think for me what i've learned throughout my rugby career is that there's there's going to be good times there's going to be bad days and sometimes the bad days are going to continue for for longer than you probably want them to yeah but you've got to sort of make the most of them if if that makes sense because for like for any any rugby player that your career spans only that long you know it would be mm -hmm. great if we can go on for for quite a while but i mean enjoying the time you have doing it is 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 what what i'm going to say you know like i think it might sound cliche to say you know you got to work hard and you got to put in the extra hours you know mm -hmm. at the end of the day everyone's doing that if you if you if you're waking up at six o'clock there's someone probably waking up at five o'clock you know yeah. yeah so for me i think something that that I've been big on throughout my career is, is making sure that I'm, I'm constantly enjoying what I'm doing. And I think that would be ultimately my, my, my piece of advice, yeah. And that is great advice. And I think anyone can, you know, take an awful lot from that and apply it into their lives. Dylan, thank you for joining me today. It's been uh, a real pleasure to have you on. I wish you all the best with um, when you can get over to France, which is hopefully yeah, soon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. no, thank you for joining me. No problem. Thank you for having me. It was good to chat to you. Thank you again for joining me on the podcast today. I really hope you liked this episode. Please feel free to share it, tag me and Dylan in it and leave a rating. Thank you and take care.